You are now listening to The Model Health Show with Sean Stevenson. For more, visit themodelhealthshow.com. Welcome to The Model Health Show. This is fitness and nutrition expert Sean Stevenson, and I'm so grateful for you tuning in to me today. Did you know that getting your body hotter can actually protect you from one of the leading causes of disease in our world today? According to research published in the Journal of the American Medical Association, upwards of 80% of all physician visits today are for stress-related illnesses. Stress is a huge underlying ingredient for the outpicturing of a variety of physical and mental conditions. There's an underlying inflammatory component that comes hand in hand with stress. But check this out, sauna therapy is one of the fastest growing in popularity. It's been utilized for a very, very long time by cultures really all over the world, but it's growing as a preferred therapy and treatment for a variety of issues. But one of the most remarkable things seen with sauna therapy is the release of something called heat shock proteins. Now, a study that was published in the journal Oxidative Medicine and Cellular Longevity found that these heat shock proteins that are released when utilizing things like sauna technology and even through exercise are able to function as compounds that help to reduce reactive oxygen species, to help to reduce oxidative stress that's happening within our bodies via injuries, via infections, via chronic conditions as well. So not just acute things, but chronic conditions as well, helping the body to reach homeostasis. It's pretty cool. And again, this is something we can access via our lifestyle choices. Now, again, this can be through exercise, breaking a sweat, right? It's one of the reasons that we have that capacity, that capability as human beings to be able to, to do that. Our skin is really a very large eliminatory organ. But it's not just the elimination of toxicants. It's also the release of endorphins that takes place. It's also the release of these heat shock proteins. Now, the reason that I'm sharing this with you is that I just had an experience of doing an interview in an infrared sauna. All right. I've never, never heard of such a thing. And the person to have this idea, this concept to do a show, a new podcast is out now in an infrared sauna interviewing world leading experts on a variety of topics is my friend Prince EA. Now Prince has been a guest here on the Model Health Show, one of the most brilliant, creative people I've ever met. And we actually met in St. Louis. We both went to the same university, University of Missouri, St. Louis. Shout out to everybody from the Lou. And also growing up and living around the same area, you know, me living in Ferguson and him being close by as well. And we've had our, our worlds intersect many times. I actually did a couple of events that he attended before we even knew each other. And, you know, to have things come full circle where he's making visits to LA now. I Actually, my guy has a place in Portugal. It's so cool to see this expansive thinking that he has and also having this mission to empower and educate and doing this show here in LA, the sauna sessions, I thought it was such a remarkable experience and also the caliber of questions that he was asking. I didn't want you to miss a thing. So what I decided to do was to share this epic interview with you from sauna sessions here and to be able to share with you some profound insights 
covering the truth about our genes and disease, why synthetic supplements might actually be doing you more harm than good, the psychological changes that actually helped me to reverse a so-called incurable chronic disease, what my current fitness program looks like, and also some sobering facts about hydration and brain function amongst many other topics. I'm talking about we're diving deep, we're covering a lot of territory. And again, I'm very grateful to be able to share this with you. Coming live from an infrared sauna, and then actually there's a midpoint of the interview where we shift over and then we're doing a foot bath vibe. Got a little coconut water, a little coconut water that we're sipping on. And again, just diving into these really remarkable subjects, all with the mission to educate, empower, to share, and I wanted to share this with you and make sure that you go and subscribe to Sauna Sessions. I think it's gonna absolutely blow you away. Such a great concept, but also the man behind it, the energy behind it is really special. And so that's what I have for you today. Now keep this in mind, by utilizing this insight, this technology of saunas, and of course, as mentioned, just breaking a sweat, doing some exercise, getting out in the sun, or if you wanna take it to the extremity, you could put on one of those sauna suits, right? Have you ever seen anybody out there training in the trash bag vibes, all right? Shout out to Missy Elliott, I can't stay in the rain, all right? That's probably what that was. They filled it full of air, but people are out here doing whatever it takes to break a sweat, all right? But there's more intelligent and efficacious modes to do this, but just keep in mind, when we're sweating, yes, we're sweating out toxicants, we're seeing the export station for our body processing and utilizing stored fat, Yes, that's another thing that's happening, but we're not just losing water as that transport system. We're also losing valuable electrolytes and we need to replace those because the electrolytes enable the detoxification to happen. The electrolytes enable the process of burning fat to happen. As a matter of fact, this energy exchange in the body, this ATP, right? Adenosine triphosphate, this energy currency of our cells it is not active until it's bound to a specific electrolyte, that being magnesium, right? So if we want this energy exchange to happen in our bodies, we need to make sure that we're getting ample amounts of electrolytes. And that process of our body being able to do all these cool things is going down as we're sweating out these minerals that carry an electric charge. That's why they're called electrolytes. And so make sure that you're eating ample, high quality, real whole foods, that are rich in valuable electrolytes, but also, especially if you are doing things that are exceptional, if you're training, if you are undergoing a lot of stress in your life, family stuff, work stuff, just please know that magnesium is the number one mineral deficiency in our world today. About 56% of US citizens are chronically deficient in magnesium. And magnesium is responsible for over 650 biochemical processes in the human body. That's a lot of stuff that can't happen in the body without magnesium being present or can't happen efficiently. And your body has to try to figure things out and divert and function at less optimal levels. So the reason that it gets zapped from our system so easily is that it's doing so much and it is one of the key minerals involved in stress management. This is why I'm a huge fan of getting a high quality source of the most important electrolytes in the optimal ratios and where I get it, they have hundreds of thousands of data points, working with elite athletes, working with top executives, working with everyday folks 
to find out what is the optimal ratio of the three most important electrolytes as far as supplementation, magnesium, sodium, potassium. And that's what Element has dialed in. Go to drinklmnt.com forward slash model. That's drinklmnt.com forward slash model. And you're going to get a free bonus pack, a free sample pack with every purchase of electrolytes. So you could try out the different flavors, but here's the thing, no artificial sweeteners, no binders, no fillers, just high quality electrolytes, AKA various salts. There isn't just one form of salt. We think of sodium only. There's magnesium salts, potassium salts, calcium salts, but getting these in the optimal ratios from high quality sources, that's what Element is all about. Again, go to drinklmnt.com forward slash model. You get a free bonus pack with every purchase. Take advantage, head over there and check them out right now. Drinklmnt.com forward slash model. And now let's get to the Apple Podcast Review of the Week. Another five-star review titled Best Podcast About Health by Paisley33. Favorite podcasts based on different health-related topics. Always learn so much from Sean and his guests. Let's go. Thank you so much for leaving that review over on Apple Podcasts. I truly, truly do appreciate that. And without further ado, let's get into this very special episode featuring an interview that I did on the brand new podcast that you need to subscribe to called Sauna Sessions with Prince E. Well, beautiful, man. Well, oh, thank you for doing this, dude. Of course, this is, man. It's my pleasure, man. These, these crazy ideas I come up with. A podcast in the sauna. Uh, it was an idea I had maybe two years ago. Here we are. Yeah, man. You made it, it You made it work. You know, you yeah, got some melt-proof equipment, man. you know? <laughs> it's awesome, man. Do you sauna much? Man, I wish I did more. You uh, know, like, we we have one, but, yeah. you know, the voltage isn't correct. We mm. got to get that fixed. But, you know, I do more of the cold plunging. Okay. In the in the sauna right now, but okay. I do spend a lot of time just out in the sun. Okay. You know, okay. Okay. Which is that's why we came here. Yeah. You know. Okay. In the sun, why is why do you spend a lot of time in the sun? I mean, that's the. It's it's one of the key ingredients mm. for life mm. on Earth. You mm. know, it's such a special thing. Mm. And you know, for me, of course, just being very science driven, just looking at all of the mental and physiological benefits. You know, it's one of the catalyst for building your sex hormones, for example, hmm. you know, that pathway with the cholesterol getting converted over, you know, it's just, it's so mm. fascinating. But, you know, I kind of did a dictation on it a little while ago, you know, I'm talking about vitamin D, mm. right? So that vitamin D pathway. Mm. And it's, it's not just the sun, it's the interaction with our organs, right? So because what it does is it creates like a precursor, mm -hmm. right? Interacting with cholesterol in our system, the sun sunlight, this mm -hmm. photosynthesis process, like we're kind of like a plant that got up and got up and walked around, you know. Mm. And um, but then it's it's getting shuttled to, you know, there's a conversion that happens with your liver. There's a conversion mm. that happens with your kidneys. Mm. So we can get all the sun that we want to, but if our organs aren't healthy, mm. we're going to be lacking in being able to build these really important complex compounds mm. that really create vitality. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. But um, so since I'm stacking conditions with my nutrition. You take vitamin D as well, supplement, or no, just get it from the. I don't really okay. need to. Or just fish know. or like the sun and. Yeah, I mean, there, of course, there's some plant sources as well. It's D two though. Okay. It's not D three. If okay, we're talking okay. about like, you know, mushrooms or something like mm. that, because I, you know, going through these different, I've experimented oftentimes at least a year with mm -hmm. just about any 
nutrition protocol mm-hmm. you can imagine. You know, mm-hmm. I've been in this field for 20 mm-hmm. years. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, looking for it through a, a vegan vegetarian lens, you know, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I'll do the, the mushrooms. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But again, it doesn't matter if your organs aren't healthy to do that conversion, hmm. right? From the D2 to go hmm. to D3. Hmm. So, but yeah, we can find it there. There is there is kind of um, an interesting source with plants, but predominantly, yeah, you're gonna look for things that kind of resemble the sun. Yeah. You know, like a egg yolk, funny, yeah. for example. Mm. You know, it just might have some huh. of those compounds you're looking for <laughs> in regards mm. to like vitamin D. But mm. vitamin D doesn't work in a vacuum. And that's mm. part of the problem I have with you know, going straight for a isolated supplement version of something. Yeah. In particular, yeah. if it's a synthetic version, like yeah. for example, a lot of folks don't realize this, but the vast majority of vitamin C supplements on the mm. market is mm. made from genetically modified cornstarch and or corn syrup. Wow. Right. So when wow. you're getting those little packets at the checkout, mm-hmm. you know, those are coming from, and oftentimes again, genetically modified. Most of it's coming from China. You know, they kind of dominate the market with that, but we don't realize that. We just think, oh, this is vitamin C. Hmm. And so I just shared a study recently. It was a analysis, and again, it was published in a major peer-reviewed journal, finding that folks who were consuming synthetic vitamin C supplements mm-hmm. had about 2.5 higher, 2.5 times higher incidence of developing kidney stones. Yeah, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So, and then another study hmm. that was conducted wow. found that there was an increase in the thickness of the arterial walls mm. of men who were taking these vitamin C supplements mm. on a consistent basis. Mm. So there's a big difference between vitamin C, the synthetic idea, mm. and we can almost match it up mm. synthetically to what is naturally occurring, but mm. it's not the same thing. Mm. And it doesn't have all mm. the cofactors mm. and really the intelligence that food has. Mm. Mm. It's artificial. I'm gonna get into supplements too, because I got a little beef with supplements that I'd love to hear your hear your thoughts about. Sure. Um, but you know, Sean, thank you again for being here. I'm I'm such a fan of your work in so many ways. You know, you're you're science driven. You know, you you don't run away from the science. You're open minded. You have this high ethical standard and moral compass, and you keep things fun. You're a storyteller uh, and a little bit of a comedian too. I heard a I heard a joke. You you had said uh, on some podcast you were saying um, you're talking about fat. Eat, people think fat eating fat makes you fat. That's like saying eating blueberries would make you blue. And I laughed entirely too much from that <laughs> joke. <laughs> but it's hilarious. You you man, you just have a such a unique lane. And I'm so honored to have you here. I'm curious though, what was the catalyst inside of your story that got you into health and wanting to heal? people. Well, you just said it, man. It's, it was creating an inroads, you know, this is, we're existing in science. Like science is just happening. We are a part of science. We're a part of nature and it's a language to, de- to describe things. Right. And so it's just an awareness of what's happening versus kind of being ignorant to all that's going on and, and your place in it all. And so of course, like that, I had science on mute, you know, I had my connection to life and to nature on mute. And as a result, my health, you know, and pretty much everybody in my family had some form of a chronic disease, which is not abnormal, by the way. The CDC just published new data. 60% of Americans have at least one chronic debilitating illness. Uh, 40% have two or more, right? So that's the state that we're in right now. And over 70% of our citizens are now overweight or obese. 
And I saw this highlighted in my family in particular, you know, with probably about 80% of my family members being obese. Mm. And, you know, I was, quote, the skinny, the skinny kid in my mm. family. And my mm. brother and sister were also mm. on the heavier side. And, but I had my dysfunction show up in a different way because mm. that's the thing. Everybody's, even if you have the same parents, like you're gonna have a different genetic expression, mm. right? So this is talking about epigenetics, mm. right? And my, I have a different father than my brother and sister as well. So I had a proclivity towards arthritic conditions. Mm. And so when I was 20 years old, I was diagnosed with the so-called incurable degenerative disc disease. Mm. And I had degenerative bone disease as well. So my bones were deteriorating so much so that at track practice at Lafayette High School mm. in St. Louis, shout out to everybody in St. Louis. Yes, sir. Um, I was doing a 200 meter time trial and my hip mm. broke, mm. you know, so my iliac crest in my hip just mm. broke off just Whoa. from running. Wow. And I didn't fall. It wasn't a trauma. It was just my body was so brittle. And so my disposition or my genetic, and by the way, talking with the person who really pushed that into our popular lexicon, the term epigenetics, epi yeah. meaning above, genetic mm -hmm. meaning control, is Dr. Bruce Lipton. Mm -hmm. And Yeah, I know him well, good friend. Biology of belief. Oh my gosh. I, I love that. Mm -hmm. I love that man so much. He it's one of those things when you talk with him or when you learn from him, you can't see the world through the same lens again. And he shared with me in a conversation mm -hmm. um and talking about because we believe that we have genes for diseases. And he's mm -hmm. like, whoa, 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 there aren't any genes for diseases, Sean. Be very, very careful mm -hmm. in, in your language. Mm -hmm. And of course he's like, there are a tiny fraction of true genetic defects. But for the most part, we're talking about, for example, if we say we have a genetic predisposition towards having diabetes, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. What that is, it, we're talking specifically about type two diabetes. Mm. Let's just start here. Mm. With type two diabetes, we have a condition where there was an onset of it. It used to be called adult onset diabetes, mm. right? You weren't born with that condition, something happened and it created a an expression or manifestation of the disease. And so what it is, is your genes are getting read differently to help your body to continue functioning under unideal circumstances, hmm. right? And so the unideal circumstances, a body that was never designed to associate with so much abnormal sugar, hmm. right? So hmm. 1900s, average Westerner is consuming four to six pounds of sugar, hmm. right? So just before that, you know, late 1800s. Today, we're talking about- A year, four to six pounds a year. A year, mm. annually. Mm. And today we're talking about somewhere in the ballpark of 70 pounds of added sugar. Mm. We're talking added, not the naturally occurring sugar in addition, that will put the average person over a hundred pounds of sugar consumed every year. Wow. And so with that amount of sugar and the impact that it has on your liver and your insulin and insulin sensitivity and all these things, your body is going to make intelligent adjustments mm. to keep you alive under those unideal circumstances. Mm. So it's not that your genes cause the disease. Mm -hmm. Matter of fact, we haven't found any genes that cause a disease. We found genes associated mm. with diseases, mm. but they're not causative of diseases. And that's part of the problem. Even recently we had, you know, somebody who's a so-called health official mm -hmm. saying that, you know, obesity or obesity epidemic, mm. in particular with children, this is a result of a genetics. Mm. And it's so, at this point, 2023, as much as we know now, mm. to say something like that is so mm. negligent. Mm. And it's disempowering. It's, it's, it's framed in a way to be empowering mm. because it's like, it's making it not your fault. Yeah. Yeah. And we don't want to create this kind of shame mm. culture. Mm. But 
if we don't equip people with the knowledge of how did this expression actually happen because your genes didn't do this to you, mm -hmm. there's certain epigenetic controllers. And one of the things we could talk about today, there's epicaloric controllers as well, how your body handles calories that you consume mm -hmm. that are gonna determine how your body's going to be expressed. Because if it was truly a genetic problem, mm -hmm. Because childhood obesity has tripled in the last 30 to 40 years, mm. tripled. Mm. If it was genetic, we would have been like this. Mm. Something happened because we're talking about a sentence in the grand scheme of human evolution. Mm. It's only been a sentence where we have this high rate of obesity in particular with children, mm. right? All this other time, we, we weren't like this. Mm. So if it was gen mm. evolution takes time, you know? And so mm. to circle it back to, to my story and, and how this kind of catalyzed me, you know, Pain is a good teacher. Hmm, best. It, it's, it's, a, it's a fantastic teacher. <laughs> and I do believe that we can learn through insight and mm. inspiration, but pain is, you know, it's a masterclass. Mm. Mm. And so being in this condition to where, you know, I'm, I'm inundated with disease. You know, when I, when I received this diagnosis, I was living in Ferguson, Missouri, I was trying to finish my uh, undergraduate degree. And it was a struggle just doing that because I didn't mm. have, I didn't have a reference point. I didn't have examples of like, I, I ended up being like a super duper senior just mm -hmm. because it just like kept dropping classes. Like I didn't have a template, hmm. a roadmap or a model to follow because I'd never known anybody like in my personal life that had went to college, let alone graduated, right? Mm. And so I'm trying to create a new pathway, break the cycle, but you know, my health was struggling. You know, my, my, my vision of success and what my life can be was just in such disarray mm. and what changed everything, man, and to make it very simple, after I'd been outsourcing my health mm -hmm. so long to my physicians who meant well, mm -hmm. but they're literally telling me that you, I can't help you, mm. this is incurable. Mm. And every time I'd see a new physician, they'd give me a new prescription, yeah. right? And so I'm going in for help because I don't want to live like mm. this in this condition. I'm 20 years old, mm. you know, 20, 21, going through this process. Mm. And by the way, my dormant fat genes, they kicked on. You know, oh, by yeah. the way, you know, okay. I went from being the skinny kid in my family to joining the club. You know, I was knocking on the door being 200 pounds. Interesting. And, you know, when I see pictures of myself, mm. like, it's just, I look like, I can, I can barely recognize myself. But ultimately everything changed when I realized that I had been giving my potential away to other people. Mm. You know, I'd really bought into their definition of what was possible for me. Wow. And wow. I remembered, and we can all do this, whether it's with ourselves, huh or whether it's through our perception of someone else who, who values and sees us, mm. I brought into my, and I didn't do this on purpose, it just, my, my awareness went to my grandmother mm. who taught me the value of education, mm -hmm. who always was just, she just would reiterate and just kind of push this idea into my psychology that I was going to be, I was going to be successful. I was mm. going to do something special. Wow. I was special. Wow. And here I was hiding out in this one bedroom apartment, mattress on the floor, mm -hmm. in chronic pain, taking mm -hmm. all these medications mm -hmm. over the counter and prescription wow. just to sleep at night because mm -hmm. the pain was so bad. And I was just like, this, my life does not match up to what I believed it could be. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've had the opportunity to talk with Tony Robbins a bit. And he talked about how when your life conditions don't match your blueprint, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm that's suffering, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. And when the life conditions matches your blueprint, that's mm. that's happiness, mm. essentially. Wow. But here's the thing, when you have this disconnection between these two, you can either change your life conditions or you can change your blueprint. Mm. 
and you can instantly change where you are and how you feel about yourself and the world around you. Mm-hmm. And for me at the time, again, unconsciously, I decided that this was my time to stop outsourcing my health and to take responsibility. Beautiful. And so I began to furiously, mm-hmm. ravenously study everything about health that I possibly can. Mm-hmm. can. Mm. But it started with a change in my perception because here's the thing, the solutions that have me sitting here with you today mm. already existed. Yeah, I just, my vision, my the lens I was th- seeing life through didn't allow me to see them, mm. right? So within a matter of weeks, I ended up at like a Wild Oats store in St. Louis <laughs> and a friend of mine who I'd known for years, she took me there and it's just like, I, I thought just thought they was weird, you know, her and her mm. chiropractor friends, you know, and I was just like, but she took me took me to this place and I see these books and I'm like, and I'm looking for my condition because it says prescription, mm. you know, something like nutrition prescription or something mm. like that. And it's this really thick book. Mm. And I went and I was like, there's studies on degenerative disc disease mm. and this thing could benefit. Like, mm. why didn't anybody tell me about this? Wow. And so I just begin to flood my body. Eventually, there's a lot that happens in the gap, but just mm. to close off the story. I just began to provide my body with all of the raw materials that it needed to rebuild me. Wow. You know, wow. and your body, our body is remarkably intelligent, far more intelligent than any person <laughs> that's ever existed. Mm. And that's number one. Number two, when I got well, I became so inspired to inform and empower and pre- provide access to mm. other people who mm. were told the same thing, mm. that you can't be helped. This is your lot in life. There's nothing you can do about it. Wow. And, you know, through that, I shifted my coursework back to science in school. Mm. Wow. But um, we, we talk what about- What was it mis- before? I started off science. I went okay. pre-med. Okay. Then, because I hated science, yeah. because of the visceral connection. Yeah. And this leads all the way back to the tie-in point, the final point, which is I saw why it turns off so many people mm. is because it doesn't seem, it doesn't connect. Yeah. Right? Yeah. There's no connective tissue. Yeah. When I'm in the, when I'm in my biology class and, and we're looking at- a, you know, a cell and mm. we're looking at the organelles and the mitochondria mm. and, you know, we're looking at the nucleus and all this stuff. We're not really being informed like, hey, this is, this is in you and all these parts we're looking at are made mm. from the food that you eat, mm. <laughs> right? Mm. And so you get to determine how your cells are going to actually mm. be structured, mm. right? Mm. And so I, I made it a mission to create that, that connective tissue for people wow. through the lens of of humor, through the lens of storytelling, Mm. through the lens of most importantly, empowerment, Mm, That's it. you know, and just kind of turning people's Mm. lights on Mm. to all this stuff. Mm, That's it. Yeah. Sovereignty is so important, especially over your own health. Um, I talk to my physician all the time, my physician being myself. um, And I think people, people need to be their own doctors. I think it's good to, to, to do the studies. Most people probably don't have time, so they should follow people like you, people um, who have the background. And look for look at different sources. Um, you said a lot there, and one of the one of the most important things that I took from that can be framed within an an analogy. Um, and it was about your point about epigenetics. Um, you know, lifestyle versus genetics, nature versus nurture. And you know, it was a cool analogy I heard was your genetics load the gun, but your lifestyle pulls the trigger. We don't have to activate those genes, the, the genetic manifestations don't have to happen. Um, we are in control um, by taking sovereignty, taking control of what we put in our mouths. Yeah. Um, it's super important. One thing when you got in here and got into the sauna, how you feeling by the way? You feel good. Feeling yeah, feel detox? Good. You feeling 
the sweat is on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I'm looking at you, man, and you you look in shape. You look like you could probably step on stage of a bodybuilding contest. Oh, come on, now. That's, um, that's... What? How, you're so busy. You run a successful business, podcast. You're an author. You got a family. How do you stay in shape, man? How do How do you have the? Most people say, "How do I don't have the time to stay in shape?" What do you do? I'm gonna be since I'm here with you, man. Just being 100. I'm in five percent of the shape that I could be. You know, I'm doing so little these mm. days because I've been so, the past couple of years, obviously it's been, the world's been pretty crazy. Mm. As our friend Michael Beckwith says, the world has taken a nightmare pill. Mm. And so I've been so focused on education and empowerment, but I've been doing the the bare minimum and a little more for myself. Mm -hmm. But I really haven't invested in myself like I normally do. Mm. Um, but with that said, I'm fueling myself up for my mission. And there's seasons mm. for everything, by the mm. way. 100%. You know, so I've been training even on my mind while I'm training is service mm. and being as strong as possible to handle any turbulence, being mm. as strong as possible to reach into somebody's heart. Mm. And so that's what I've been doing. And it's only been, you know, I'll probably train three times a week. Okay, that's solid, point. full body? You know, a lot split? of times it'll, you know, I'll split. Okay. And then I'll, I'll sneak a day in here or there, okay. but I've been doing a lot more hiking with my family. Mm. It's mm. another thing. So we've like mm. dedicated that, that time hiking together and just, Outside of that, just just playing, you know, just just having a culture. We have a culture of play in my family. Yeah, I noticed that. Know. I watched the Instagram, the, the stories, the reels. It's great. I saw you freestyling the other day. Yeah. Man. It's pretty good, man. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so that's the thing that we do, you know. We'll mm. just break out into, like, a dance competition mm. or, you know, coordinated, seemingly coordinated mm. dance, like, mm. you know, or, you know, we're freestyling. Just huh. embedding these cultural pieces in, into my kids and mm. just seeing them flourish with it is so mm. cool. You mentioned two things. You mentioned hiking, walking, and dancing. I mean, if, if I... I'm a nerd. I, I like to look at the studies, probably not as much as you do, but I'm obsessed with how we can live our best lives, how we can become our best selves, how we can be healthy, every cell in our body working optimally. Um, and so I always harken back to not only our ancient past, but current societies known as blue zones. And for people that don't know, blue zones are places on the earth where people live the longest, healthiest, happiest lives. Uh, the term was popularized by Dan Buettner. Um, he went around and found these different cultures, Okinawa, Nicoya, Costa Rica, Loma Linda. And so going back to the exercise thing, they don't really have squat racks and, um, you know, treadmills and, you know, they're not doing these these crazy CrossFit exercises. They're moving, they're walking, they're dancing, they're, they're, been, they're squatting, you know, in the garden. Yeah. How important is that? Yeah, it's the most important thing. We were just mm -hmm. talking about this using the stairs coming up here. Mm -hmm. You know, like we want to train, ideally, if you're talking about longevity, for functionality, things that you'll actually be doing. Can we squat? you know, 300, 400, 500 pounds, like my, my oldest son, he mm. can squat, you know, probably about 500 pounds now. Yeah. Can we do that? Yes, we can. Mm. Is it, are we designed to, or is it something that our genes expect us to do? Mm. Not so much. Mm. Our genes expect us to walk. Mm. It, we're bipedal, like it's mm. one of the things that we evolved to do. When we're engaging in these activities, we're signaling, these are, these are internal signals, going back to epigenetics mm. and the biology belief, you know, there are certain like antennas hmm. essentially with our cells. And I remember in science, we were taught essentially that the nucleus is hmm. the is the brain of the cell, hmm. right? But there's a process called enucleation. You could remove the nucleus and the cell can continue living hmm. for a nice thin of time and maintain a lot of its functions. Hmm. It can't necessarily add in new functions, but it can continue living. If we take your brain out, mm -hmm. 
that's it. Mm. You know, you're toast. Mm. There is no more life. Mm. And so believing that it's the brain of the cell is a little bit of a misconception or misnomer. And in reality, you know, when we really look at the function of a cell, our cells have the equivalent of, you know, these receptors Mm -hmm. and antennas that are sensing the environment and determining what our cells are doing, in particular what the mitochondria are doing, Mm. what they're making, what kind of, you know, new proteins or neurotransmitters, like it's all going to be based on our body's perception of Mm. the environment. Mm. And so getting these environmental inputs, for example, when you're walking, you're signaling to the environment that I am a person of of, of vitality and need, I'm a contributor to the to the world around me. Mm. I'm moving. I'm 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 functional, mm. and <laughs> I don't want to put this in terms of like our definition as humans as who's valuable and who's not. I'm talking about in nature, mm. right? Because like I just saw, I was watching with my kids, you know, some um, you know some wildlife stuff, right? And I saw this lion is trying to take out you know water buffalo, mm-hmm. but the wa- water buffalo. Partners came over and it was a problem, mm. you know. So the line was already very thin, mm. and he was alone, mm. right? Mm. And so his template, his his potential right now is very shaky of him being able to survive because of these signals, mm. right? Communities lacking now, and also you know he's not going to be as active or have the strength to pull that water buffalo down. You know what I mean? So mm. it's like it's it's a mm. internal and external signal going both ways mm. as to what we're capable of and the same thing with you know with sex and, and sexual performance and sex hormones mm. it's one of those things truly like we're having an epidemic right now that yeah. a lot of people are talking about with fertility mm. and testosterone this, too right yeah testosterone has been going down essentially one percent every mm. year for the last 50 years wow and you you add that up like we're it's it's wow. scary and also male sperm count is mm. down about the same, about 1% each year. Mm. Miscarriages, same mm. thing. Mm. Like, and it, it's- Why, it's, what is this for? What, is it the food? Oh man, you're gonna open up the- <laughs> The floodgates. can of worms here. But um, you know, there are all these, you know, it's so funny, like life imitating art, mm. art imitating life. Mm. There's these films about, mm. you know, the, the lack of ability to, to, to reproduce as a species, mm. you know, whether it's Handmaid's Tale or, mm. you know, the, wow. the, la- the Children of Men, I believe another one yep, was. that was it. But, um, you know, like we're actually living this out. Wow. And right now, the f- fertility business, the medicine component, this is a multi-billion dollar business now. Hmm. It is booming. Hmm. And with such poor results, you know, some people do end up getting the result they want, which is to have a, a family. Mm. And it's something is so primitive, it's so deeply mm. embedded in our desire as a species. Like, if we get just to the primal side of humanity, mm. or all of life is to reproduce mm-hmm, and to mm-hmm. carry on the species. Mm. And so to not be able to do that, it creates such turmoil and mental distress. And so finding solutions, you're always grateful to find them, but the stories of people who didn't find a solution are not talked about enough. And there's so many of these people. And it's unfortunate because, again, this business is utilizing all of these systems of drugs and medicines and therapies and various surgeries to try to manipulate the system instead of removing the cause, hmm. right? And so we'll just take this one example, and I wish we could throw the study up for everybody to see, but if people are watching the YouTube version, maybe you can't throw mm. it up. Yeah, yeah. But a study was just published um, just a couple of years ago looking at the connection between the amount of steps taken per day Mm. and testosterone levels. Mm -hmm. And the researchers found that 8,000, being north of 8,000 steps a day, Mm. 
the, the study participants had significantly higher testosterone levels than the control group or the kind of the placebo group mm. who weren't advocated to walk as much um, than their sperm count. But even at 4,000 steps, they had significant a significant level, but there was a mm. mighty jump once we reached 8,000 steps. Mm. And so now we take that piece with fertility mm. and sperm count mm. and we say, hey, you know what? We're actually the most sedentary population mm. in the history wow. of humanity wow. today. Do you think that there's a connection? Mm. And doctors are not prescribing steps per day to their patients. They're saying, hey, we've got this new uh, infertility treatment, huh? right? So the basic things that our genes expect us to do are not the things that are recommended. And you know this, this is our system is really based on, you know, um, it's based on sick care. It's based on problems mm. and, the, and the treatment of symptoms and not mm. removing the causes of those symptoms. Mm. If we actually remove the causes of our epidemics of chronic diseases, these businesses that are, again, multi, a matter of fact, the, the United States last year, we spent $4.2 trillion in healthcare. Yeah. We're talking about, it's the biggest, yeah. it's the biggest <laughs> moneymaker yeah. and the biggest debt. Like yeah. our, our society is nudging towards bankruptcy. Mm. We've already hit that ceiling. But huh. the question is like, who the, who do we owe money to? Like as huh. a country, huh. you know, like we're, we're going in debt. Huh mainly because of the poor health of our citizens. And these, we spend so much money and the outcomes aren't, we don't have outcomes to show for it. Yeah. Right, some of the poorest in the, especially in, in peer countries, uh, I think we're the worst. Um, interesting, how you feeling? I feel good, man. I don't wanna, I don't wanna push it, I can <laughs> stay here longer, but I wanna keep it, keep it healthy. Right. I don't want anybody to pass out, mostly, mostly <laughs> me. So we're gonna step out the sauna, All get right. some, a little hydration, get a little coconut water and, and rehydrate. Let's How's go. that sound? Sounds great. Cool. One of the things that Prince EA and I have in common is our dedication to physical fitness. We know that being able to experience this life, to have robust mental health, creativity, and resilience is going to be through really taking care of this vessel that we're experiencing life through. And with that said, there has never been a time that is more conducive to us having a sedentary lifestyle because so much is on automatic, but there's also at the same time, never been a time that's easier to access fitness. There's so much as far as fitness equipment. There's so much as far as activities that we can do. There's so much as far as brilliant new creative exercises that we can try out, that we can utilize. And it's really about today dialing in what works best for us. And so for me, I'm a huge fan of ease and accessibility. Just like with drinking water, if you don't have a water bottle with you and you're out and about, you can't drink what you don't have. It makes it so much more difficult for you to quench your thirst and or meet your hydration needs if water's not around. The same thing with fitness. If we've got this barrier where you gotta try to get to a gym or you don't have various pieces of equipment, easy access at your home, it makes it another mental barrier towards you doing the thing. This is why I'm such a huge fan of getting yourself a couple of low cost, high value fitness tools to keep at your home for whenever you need them. For me, I never actually thought that I would utilize these tools so often, but life happens. And so if I can't skate out to drive 10, 15 minutes to get to a gym, or sometimes longer if I'm doing, you know, going to different gyms or whatever the case might be, then right there at my disposal, I've got these incredible pieces of equipment from Onnit. They're the premier source for steel clubs, steel maces, for primal kettlebells. So these are kettlebells that actually have really cool designs that make them fun just to even look at. And, you know, it's kind of like with what you're putting on your body, you know, 
look good, play good. You know, same thing with our equipment. If it's attractive, we just want to go and touch it. We want to go pick it up. We want to do a couple of Turkish get-ups. We want to do a couple of kettlebell swings. We want to do some presses. And also, this is something that my family has been involved in as well. We all utilize these tools. And over time, I've just gotten a piece of equipment here, another piece over here, and just been picking it up over time where I have this really cool collection. So I highly encourage you to go check them out. You get 10% off. This is exclusive with the Model Health Show. Any of their fitness equipment at onnit.com. Go to onnit.com forward slash model. You get 10% off store-wide, including fitness equipment, and get yourself one of these cool tools. And they also have really cool training videos. There's, of course, videos on YouTube teaching you how to use the steel club, steel maces. Once you use the steel mace, first of all, it's gonna humble you, all right? You might think you're big and strong, all right? Not strong, strong. But once you pick up one of these steel maces, I'm just gonna tell you right now, if you see the biggest one, you think, okay, 25 is the biggest one, 25 pound, don't get it. Don't get the 20, get yourself the 15. I get acclimated because the way that it's designed, and this is a tool that's been utilized by warriors centuries ago, and today we're kind of rekindling that connection and training our bodies, hitting different muscle fibers that usually don't get recruited doing conventional, regular, run-of-the-mill, push-pull movements. This is really activating whole body training and so I'm a huge fan, again, of Onnit and their wonderful fitness equipment. Go check them out, onnit.com forward slash model, O-N-N-I-T.com forward slash model. And now let's get into this next segment of Sauna Sessions with Prince E. How you feeling after that session? Feel great, man. Feel good? Yeah. Feel light? Yeah, feel really good. <laughs> so this is the hydration session where, you know, we got the little foot bath, little Epsom salt. Um... You know, we get relaxed and, and go a little deep. Um, we call it the hydration session. I know you're big, you know, you know a lot about food. You're, you're an expert in that area. But how about hydration? How important is, is it to be properly hydrated? I read a study that said that um, I think at least if, if you're just 2% dehydrated, you lose focus, your attention can can wander. Um, dehydration also, I think it's linked in some studies to like colon cancer. How important is it to, to stay hydrated? Yeah, yeah, that study's in my book. Ah. Uh, the is published in Medicine and Science and Sports and Exercise. Just mm. a 2% drop in our body's baseline hydration level mm. can create all kinds of cognitive dysfunction, you know, disrupt our reaction time, our ability to process data, grammatical things, you know, we just basically get dumber, you know, and everybody's looking for this super nootropic, this mm. thing to like give me the energy and cognitive performance I want. The primary thing is water. Mm. You know, your brain is mostly made of water. It's like we say that, but we don't really get it. Mm. You know, upwards of 80% of the human brain, depending on what stage mm. of life we're in, mm. is made of water. It's mm. the primary macronutrient. Mm for human health, mm. you know, our, you know, just being in my nutrition classes in college, we, we were like pounded into these macronutrients, these three yeah. macronutrients, yeah. fats, carbohydrates, and proteins. Okay. But what was left out of the conversation is alcohol is a macronutrient and also water, mm. you know, and water is, again, your body, all of the processes the body is doing, mm -hmm. even our mitochondria making energy, mm. it's all happening in a water medium. Mm. And so that's why it affects so much so quickly when we're dehydrated. Mm. 
And and I saw your eyes look like when I said alcohol mm -hmm. being a macronutrient. I wanted to get into that. Yeah, <laughs> go ahead though. <laughs> so, uh, but just to finish off with water really quickly, mm -hmm. if we understand that our hormones, like people talk about these things again, mm -hmm. you know, testosterone, estrogen, progesterone, you know, things like oxytocin, mm -hmm. our stress-related hormones, uh, norepinephrine, uh, epinephrine, you know, adrenaline. All of these things are operating in a water medium. Mm -hmm. Your hormones are enabling your cells to talk to each other. Without water, the process breaks down. Mm -hmm. It is that important. And so, you know, I've really been wanting to be a champion for water and for mm -hmm. hydration. Mm -hmm. And I've been, I've weaved that in so much into, into my content over the years. And I love it because I've seen, you know, friends and colleagues integrating that. I, I, I worked on this idea and it was first inspired by David Wolf mm -hmm. of this inner inner shower or inner bath. Mm. And so I thought that it made cognitive sense to kind of put it into a story form and just think about how we, you know, most people, if they're going out into the world, you take a bath, you mm. know, you take a shower or a bath. Mm. And we are so focused about this outer appearance, but our health really is from the inside out. Mm. And so in particular, in the morning, when you wake up, this is for most people the longest stint they've go, gone without hydration and yep. so you're more dehydrated mm. thus when you get up and you use the bathroom mm. your urine is more concentrated mm. right you see that you can experientially see that happen and there are so many metabolic processes that take place while you're sleeping a huge house cleaning one of the things is your glial cells in your brain that are really it's a kind of a shout out to the glymphatic system which is your extracellular waste management system is one of its roles. Mm. But the glymphatic- I know about the lymphatic system. You said the glymphatic system? The glymphatic system? system. What is that? So this is run by the glial cells, but okay. it, there's this interesting association. And some people don't believe that this exists, by the way, the blood-brain barrier. Okay. And I know some scientists are gonna be like, who thinks that doesn't exist? Mm -hmm. But in reality, there is a different operating system happening in your brain than the rest of your body. Mm -hmm. And this is just, logical mm. you know your brain even has certain gates for example that allows allows in glucose when you eat a meal with sugar in it your your brain will functionally this is according to researchers at harvard will pull in about 50 percent of that glucose or mm. that sugar that you just consume from any given meal mm. a lot of that's mm. getting shuttled to your brain mm. thus creating insulin resistance in the brain mm. and leading to now alzheimer's is being labeled as type 3 diabetes right we have an epidemic of alzheimer's and it's a big driving force of that is our abnormal way that we're eating. Mm. And so just to circle it all back with, with water and hydration, all of these, all these processes I just named mm. are all happening in a water medium. Mm. And um, when we really just boil down to the, the nuts and bolts of nutrition, mm -hmm. for me, first and foremost, understanding that the glymphatic system is, I, I, let me give you an example. So this glymphatic system that's cleaning cleaning house mm -hmm. because you have billions of neurons, mm -hmm. all right, that are doing processes and there's gonna be waste. Mm -hmm. There's gonna be recycled cells, there's gonna be all kinds of things. Mm -hmm. The glymphatic system is 10 times more active when you're asleep than when you're awake, all right? And so there's a lot of house cleaning. And another link to dementia and Alzheimer's is an inability of the brain to clean itself. Mm. All right, so now we're stacking conditions against mm. ourselves, right? And so when we're deprived on sleep, but we're talking about hydration right now, it can be a problem. Mm. And so when you get up in the morning, you are you you are dehydrated. This is a great time to help to flush out those metabolic mm. wastes. 
give your lymphatic system, your glymphatic system an assist, mm. you know, help the process to help to flesh out these metabolic waste products, get a clean slate and take your inner bath to start mm. the day. Mm. And so I recommend anywhere from 16 to 32 ounces within okay. the first 30 minutes of getting up. Okay. It, that one thing does such a number for our metabolic wellness. Mm. And I'll share one more thing. There's this process called water-induced thermogenesis. Mm. All right. And I talked about this in Eat Smart as well. But the researchers found that consuming 17 ounces of water is what they use in this study. Within, we'll just say, again, within 10 minutes, was enough to generate a burning of fuel or caloric burn of calories from your body of 30 calories just by drinking water, <laughs> right? So it's turning up this thermo thermogenic activity hmm. by drinking, again, just 17 ounces of water. Wow. And we could just be like, well, this is just from the body heating the water up. It's not just that. It's making everything work better, hmm. right? Versus the alternative, which is most people in our society today are chronically dehydrated. That's interesting. I have Robbie Robinson, 76-year-old bodybuilder, legendary guy on. And we train a lot at Venice and, and uh, Gold's Gym in Venice. And he always says, he's Prince, water builds muscle. He's like, Prince, people want to lose weight, they got to drink more water. It's like water is, water is life. It's so important. But it's so many different waters out there. What type of water should we be drinking? All water is not the same, for sure. Mm. And part of the, it sounds strange even for me to say it because it was drilled into me and pretty much everybody so much in school that water is H2O, mm. right? H2O, H2O, that's, that's it. That's, it's water is water. But you will never find pure H2O in nature anywhere. Wow. It doesn't exist, <laughs> all right? It's, water is known as the universal solvent because it's always combining with things that are in its environment, right? Whether it's, you know, salt or whether it's Kool-Aid, hmm. right? Water is going to integrate with it. And hmm. so it's able to combine with more things than practically, you know, anything that we've discovered. That's why it's called universal solvent. Hmm. And so, you know, with this being said, in nature, you're going to find water plus minerals. Mm -hmm. That's what our ancestors were striving to find, a spring yeah. Yeah. or a safe source of water. And that's mm. where we set up, you know, set up the, you know, the, 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 the community, mm. the civilization. Mm. And today, however, you know, we have so many advances mm. in how we can extract water. Now, this gets into the conversation about what's ideal, mm -hmm. right? So we obviously want our water to be safe. So many people even today are dying because of having a lack of yeah. clean water. The ideal source of water that our bodies are most acclimated to because water is also information. It's mm. carrying information. You know about Masuru Umoto's work and the mm. hidden messages of water. Water, and water, water can be used in all kinds of technologies. Mm. Water does have a, a form of memory storage mm. capacity and conductivity and all these things. With that being said, ideally we're gonna have water that has been integrated with minerals naturally. Yeah. And so that's gonna come through springs, mm. right? Spring water. Basically that water's gone through the earth's filtration system, mm -hmm. right? And we think about this really immaculate process of how that water got there, mm. right? Through again, thousands of years, you know, hundreds of thousands of years really of this hydrological cycle and mm. integrating itself, going through this filter. And they're in these underground lakes called aquifers. Mm. And for a spring, this is when the water finds its pathway back to the surface mm -hmm. and presents itself for life to consume, essentially. So that's spring water. 
that's the ideal source. There's going to be inherent fear sometimes about, is it safe if you yeah. go to a spring? Because mm -hmm. we're used to getting our water, you know, from Nestle, mm -hmm. you know, saying in a plastic <laughs> bottle with, you know, the estrogens, you know, we can get into that because we're so disconnected. We don't mm -hmm. trust ourselves. We don't trust nature. Mm. There are going to be microorganisms. Yeah. That's normal. Mm. And your body is probably going to be better off from associating with them. Mm. You're wow. not going to get sick. For wow. the most part, there are some springs that might be high in certain things. Like sure. there's lithium springs in Missouri that mm. we used to go to. Mm. And man, like it's not an everyday drinking water. Okay. At first you feel amazing. It's just like this, the, it should be illegal essentially. Mm. Like this is, this you, you're not supposed to feel this good from mm. drinking water. Like I feel so clear and I feel so like connected, mm. you know, it's just like, it's hard to explain. Mm. And people used to come from all over the world to go to that spring. Mm. You know, it was like this storied prize thing. Now it's just like this kind of shanty little barrier over the top of it. Nobody in town knows about or uses huh. it. Kids walk, when we would go and fill up bottles, mm. the little kids in the neighborhood, they might bring like a little pail or something mm. and play mm. in it, you know? There was a New York Times article a few years ago about why it was titled, Should, should Everybody Be Taking a Little Lithium? And it cited certain, um, certain studies that they've done of lithium in water uh, systems and lowering uh suicide rates and depression yeah. and depression yeah so lithium is, is yeah it's an incredible mineral yeah but now we get into the synthetic version of things versus the naturally occurring thing mm. and again and also who's who's profiting from that mm. and you know the list goes on and on and on so treating our water system which for example fluoride is used as a treatment mm -hmm. in our water today yep. in municipal water and there, there's a significant amount of data now, like peer-reviewed, published hmm. in prestigious medical journals about concerns over having too much fluoride. Conditions where, because fluoride is, it's proposed, the reason it's in our water supply to make our, you know, our teeth healthy, Clean. Yeah. right? Mm. But we know that fluoride is close to, our, our teeth are essentially bones that you can see, <laughs> right? And so it, it, if, if it's affecting your teeth, it's mm. affecting your bones. Mm. And we have this fluorosis mm. process where we have the chipping of teeth or mm. the, the chipping of bones. Your mm. bones break easier. Mm. I broke my hip at track practice, mm. right? Mm. And the thing we, all we knew was fluoridated water. That's mm. all we, that's all we knew. We're just mm. drinking stuff out the faucet. Could that have been a contributor? You know, mm. we don't know if we're not running studies on this to find wow. out, wow. but we do know that it can create patches and weak spots in our teeth. And so that's one thing. And also a big concern in some communities is the impact on fluoride with the brain yep. and the pineal gland in mm. particular, mm. right? So there's like a calcification mm. process and then also, you know, the overabundance of fluoride being mm. kind of, the human body is so interesting in where certain minerals will hold up shop mm. because even your heart's needs are different from your livers. Like your heart will, rapidly consume a lot of the magnesium you consume. And magnesium has been used in, for example, even open heart surgeries a lot, just to you know make sure the heart keeps beating, mm. all right? And so this conversation I had with Dr. Oz, it just enlightened me to that. I was like, you know what, dang, like I never thought about that. Cause mm. I was sharing with him some data on magnesium and heart health. He's like, yeah, we use it in surgery. Interesting. Yeah. Anyway, so there's this, there's this attractive force with the pineal gland, and mm. this is gonna be a potential for messing up your sleep quality and, melatonin secretions and all kinds of other stuff. And melatonin is a very powerful anti-cancer thing mm. that our bodies produce. Yep. So here we go. We've got spring water, spring water top tier. Okay. 
The next tier is going to be uh, well water where you drill down into the aquifer. Okay. But it hasn't gone through the earth's, like that reoccurrence, like mm. nature hasn't presented it. Mm. And this is what humans are doing today. Like we'll go to a, a, a town that is lacking clean water, mm. drill down, create a well. That water is well, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's okay, it's good. <laughs> mm. And it's definitely ideal compared to people going down where, you know, the animals, you know, everybody's, the, you know, rhinos and yeah. crocodiles and all this stuff and it's just collective thing and there's feces and all the things. Coli, yeah. Yeah, so you obviously wanna, that's a huge upgrade. So yeah. I'm not trying to water that down. Damn, I didn't even mean, no. I didn't mean to do I'm it. A comedian, I, <laughs> I didn't mean to do it. But, you know, so well water would be ideal. Okay. Then what, what about our day-to-day -day lives, municipal water supply? Mm -hmm. If you don't get a water filter, you become the filter. You wow. are the filter. And right now, I shared this study as well in, in the book, there was a nationwide study of municipal water supplies from coast to coast, from California to New York. Mm. And they found dozens of pharmaceutical drug residues in municipal water supply coming right out of mm. your tap in your kitchen or your mm. bathroom or mm. your shower, right? Mm. Dozens. So antidepressants, um, chemotherapy medications, mm. you know, uh, NSAIDs. Mm. And the question is, how the hell is this in our water supply? And it's just this, we're, we're part of nature. You mm -hmm. know, humans are consuming these things and they're metabolized, they're pissing out, excreting these- From agriculture too, right? Yes, mm. because we're using some of this wastewater to, to grow food mm. as well, right? And that can sometimes, depending on where you are, have an easier path into the water treatment facility. Mm. We don't have technology to remove that stuff yet, mm. right? Mm. And so again, you become the filter. Hmm. Wow. Wow, wow, not wow. to mention the heavy metals, not to mention, you know, the, the things that are used in the water, but it's, it's without informed consent because mm. people don't know the potential risk mm. with fluoride, for example. Mm. Not saying that fluoride can't be beneficial, but you've got to understand, like if you're drinking two gallons a day, like mm -hmm. some people, that's their goal, like a gallon of water a day, for yeah. example, yeah. of fluoridated supplement wow. water, wow. could that be a problem? Plus the chlorine mm. added, it's a primary treatment uh, mechanism. Mm. And again, we probably want that versus consuming something that can make you blatantly sick. Yeah. Yeah. Versus a potential slow death or slow destruct destruction of your microbiome, for mm. example. Because chlorine is a very strong antibiotic. Oh yeah. It's a killer. Mm. And your microorganisms living in your gut, these are very, very, very tiny uh, microorganisms. Mm you know, and so they're going to be at the mercy of the mm. stuff that we're putting in there. So with that said, ideally you want to get a reverse osmosis system. Okay. Not, not, a, you, I'm sorry. I, I did this initially, yeah. you know, almost 20 years ago, I, when I found out about this stuff, I went and got a Brita water filter. Okay. If you read it, it says, remove the smell and taste of chlorine. It does <laughs> not remove chlorine. Not actual and chlorine. And is made by Clorox. <laughs> Come on, True. no way. True story. Wow. True story. <laughs> and so it's kind of like, a, but it does have like wow. um, some of these to kind of mimic the earth's, you know, mm. like the sedimentary layer and all right. this stuff. Right. So it's cool. It is cool. Mm. But, but ideally you want to reverse osmosis. Reverse osmosis. Okay. But now reverse osmosis is creating a essentially uh, uh, H2O. Yeah. Blank water. Nothing in it. Right. Mm. And so we need to give that water some structure, mm. give it some information. Mm. Um, there's some data on consuming distilled water and reverse osmosis water without minerals mm. and leaching, the potential for leaching, yeah. like taking things from you mm. versus adding mm. to you, right? 
And I think it's very minuscule, it is, mm -hmm. but it's a concern for people. Mm -hmm. And for me, it's just like, why not do the best thing? You know, so yeah. if you're doing reverse osmosis or distilling your water, mm -hmm. then I highly recommend adding back some high quality salts. Okay. You know, so humans forever, you know, for thousands of years have prized salt. Mm. Salt was even used for salary. The mm. word salary is derived from salt. Interesting, really? Right? Yeah, yeah. So huh. this was something that people were getting paid for. You ever seen those goats that are like hanging out on yeah, the side yeah. of dams, yeah. like risking their uh -huh. lives and doing all this crazy stuff? They're trying to get a lick of some yeah, minerals. That's true, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's such a valuable right. thing hmm. in the animal kingdom. Hmm. And again, we separate ourselves mentally from it, hmm. but um, you know, it's such a valuable thing. So. There's Hawaiian black salt, there's mm. Celtic sea salt, there's mm. you know Himalayan pink salt, yeah. you know, there's so many different salts okay. and or adding back some, you know, uh, some essence from fruits and vegetables okay. as mm. well because there's electrolytes and salts in there as well. Got it, got it, okay. Okay, all right, that makes sense. Reverse osmosis, well actually spring water if you can, then reverse osmosis and well add water. In spring water. Spring water, well, well water. water, then. That's artesian water. If you ever hear artesian yeah. water, that's well water. Oh, interesting, okay, yeah. I didn't know that. Okay, okay. And lastly, the, um, the RO with added minerals uh, or fruit. Yeah. Okay, all right. All right, beautiful. So, Sean, I want to get, uh, get into some interesting topics with you, um, controversial topics with you, um, one of which, going back to food, you're an expert in food, um, you're an expert in health and nutrition. When we look at where most people get their information from, they get it from Instagram, a lot, you know, certain influencers, like people might've been getting information from the Liver King who recently came out and they said his, his physique wasn't actually because of, he was eating, you know, bull testicles. It was from steroid use. Um, so people get information from, from Instagram, but there's no, there's fact checking on politics, but when it comes to health stuff, not as much. Um, but then you go to government and some certain people get their information from the CDC and these organizations. And um, we all know that that might not be the most uh, ethical or, or forthright source to get information from. Uh, then they go, OK, all right, well, what about my doctor? Can I at least get information from my doctor? And, you know, you look at um, a lot of physicians, I think almost 50 percent are overweight. Um, the number one disease for physicians is like all of us is, is heart disease. That's how they how most most physicians die. Um, so I, I guess what I'm trying to say is there's just there's so much out there, so many different perspectives, uh, so many diets. You got carnivore, you got keto, you got go back, you got Atkins, you got this and that. Um, well, I think there was a poll that came out that said most many people are overweight and just too confused to do anything about it. So, Sean, I say all that to ask, what the heck do we do when it comes to getting solid information for our health and longevity of ourselves and our families? It's incredibly simple. Just listening to the advice of our ancestors. What have humans been doing the longest? What got us to this place? You know, that is the best piece of advice you can give yourself hmm. and create create a conscious or intentionally created bias. If something doesn't fit into that, hmm. be skeptical of it, but still be open to it. Because again, showers were not normal, you know mm. what I'm saying, 200 right. years ago. 
and you know people were still hooking up and mm. probably some crazy smells you know what i mean never thought so, about that. <laughs> a shower can be a great innovation mm. you know what i mean mm. uh, but everything can be taken too far as well you know some people ha are so obsessed with cleanliness they're wiping away their microbiome that's protective mm. and mm. that it allows feedback for interacting with other people mm. and having a healthy matchup of pheromones and attractiveness mm. and all so you things. and not to deviate but hand sanitizer you've yeah. got some interesting thoughts on that on, yeah. on the purell and the hand sanitizer what, yeah. what do you what are your thoughts i mean again this is a huge money maker it's a big industry and they've, they've just their their bottom line has skyrocketed they've made mm. so much money the last few years mm. and for me again it's having I, my intention even in the beginning of, of all the, the the dissonance was just for us to not venture into a place of idiocy mm. and start doing self-harm mm. in in a under the guise of protecting oneself mm. because our skin is intelligent. It's the outermost portion actually of our nervous system. Mm. And it is remarkably complex. And we come in with a blunt instrument in the form of really dense alcohol-based um, compounds with a myriad of other toxic substances. And alcohol is also something that is, it's a driver, it drives things into your skin. By doing this practice for a lot of people, and I just saw it, I was just at my son's, my youngest son's basketball game, people break out the hand sanitizer. Mm. You know, a kid mm. was coughing over in the corner, squirt, mm. squirt, and they, it's just become second nature. Mm. And the ramifications, and of course there are plenty of examples of damage, you know, people's hands mm -hmm. being physically damaged by utilizing these hand sanitizers wow. too often. Huh. Um, but also here's, this is the bottom line. This is yeah. the most important part. By damaging the protective layer that exists on our hands, we mm -hmm. become far more susceptible to things getting into our skin. Wow. Right? Ironically, like, so now <laughs> truly, if you're not continuously mm. 10, 15, 20 times a day hitting this this uh, Purell or, you know, this hand sanitizer, your skin is constantly more vulnerable <laughs> to allowing in, you know, all manner of pathogens. Wow. That which is meant to, meant to protect us is actually weakening us. Absolutely. Wow. Now, the context, again, everything has its place. Yeah. If you were just out, you know, you were at the gym mm. and you just saw the guy, he, you know, he just walked out, yeah. you know, he just took a deuce. Yeah. And he's just all over the barbells and, you know, you using a barbell, you know, it's of course, and you're now yeah. you're shaking people's hands, all the yeah. things, and you want to, you know, now everybody's like getting some chips and guac, yeah. right? Yeah. Maybe you hit that, you know what I mean? Okay. So just, okay. there's a context for all of yeah. this, but mm. what we've become as a society is we've lost a lot of our basic understanding of health and our connection to mm. nature and the natural world, mm. you know? And we we know this, we, we are in the world. We want to be in the world, but not of the world. Mm. Of course, we can be aware and have all of these other practices, but we still live here. Mm. And the truth still, whether we understand it or not, yeah. is that we are a part of life. Yeah. Every single thing going on in this universe is affecting us. Hmm. We have a 24 hour solar day that is affecting, we have chronobiology is the, is the latest, like hottest, fastest growing science and hmm. how what time of day it is affects your hormone production, you know, your neurotransmitters, hmm. your digestion, hmm. you know, all of this, every single thing about you is hmm. affected by what time of day it is. Hmm. And the more you're disconnected from nature, hiding out in our rooms, hiding out in our homes, in our office buildings, hmm. the more that clock gets out of sync. 
and disease and dysfunction takes hold. That's number one, man. Ha creating a, a cognitive bias to like, have you, what have we been doing longest? Yeah. You know, to wow. get us here as a species and okay. develop this highly complex brain. Mm -hmm. It didn't just happen. Mm -hmm. We've had this same brain for tens of thousands of years. Mm -hmm. And that was evolved on, and by the way, this is another really important piece. Your brain is made from the food that you eat. Every mm. single cell in your body, when you look in the mirror, you're seeing the food that you've eaten. It's so powerful, <laughs> right? And so what are you making your brain out of? This mm. highly complex structure, Masuro Emoto, mm. modern day Einstein, he gets that label. He said that the human brain is the most complicated object in the known universe. Mm. It is powerful beyond measure, it is so incredible. And we all have one. That's the coolest part is like, we all have one of the most complex objects in the known universe. The only organ to name itself. Um, that's what, yeah, yeah, wow. And, but here's the thing, we often we don't have a, 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 an instruction manual yeah. or guidance on it. And mm. so following that template, what have our ancestors done historically? Mm. And this is the principle is they've eaten real food. Yeah. You know, real food, mm. earth grown nutrients things that are close to nature, mm. right? Whether this is plant or animal matter, this is what we evolved with. Mm. We don't need to get into politics about it. Just be honest about it. Mm. You can't, well, you can, of course, you could be idealistic, you can make up stuff, mm -hmm. but the truth is our species evolved as omnivores, eating all kinds of stuff, yeah. but in close proximity to nature. A Twinkie or, you know, Little Debbie snack cakes and Fruit Loops and, you know, all of this stuff, these are all newly invented things by, by, by food scientists mm. and chemists mm. using a gas chromatograph and identifying certain flavors. And I could break this whole thing down. It's, it's, an, it's an abomination, mm. but this makes, up the, this makes up the majority of the average person's diet today. Yeah. And this is in the BMJ, the average American's diet adult is upwards of about 60% ultra processed foods wow. today. Right. Wow. For children, it's far worse. This was published in JAMA. I'm, I'm on a huge mission to educate people about this. Nearly 70% of our average children's diet in the United States is made of ultra processed foods now. Mm, 70%. Yeah. So it's right. It's 67% right now. And it, we jumped just in the last 20 years. It was already and you know, outrageous 61%. Now it's 67%. Mm. And so, so number one, what did our ancestors do? They eat, eat real food. Mm. And number two, there are going to be different diet frameworks and perspectives and that's yeah. wonderful. That's wonderful. This is, all of us are very unique. Mm. We all have a unique metabolic fingerprint. And with that said, certain diets are gonna work for certain people. And you, you mentioned earlier in our conversation about the blue zones, the diets of people living at these various blue zones are very different, right? And that's not talked about enough. It's just like we get a vanilla mm. perspective of what that is, mm. but the humans are, traditionally eating foods that are in their environment or that mm. are indigenous kind of to where they are, mm. right? Life is presenting, nature has been presenting foods that the human, that our genes have become acclimated to associating with in a mm. healthful manner, mm. right? We haven't had time to acclimate accordingly to Cool Ranch Doritos. You know what I'm saying? Again, we can Lucky eat charms. them, <laughs> but what is gonna be the genetic, these are all epigenetic or should we give it its proper name? Nutrigenetic, wow. nutrigenomic hmm. influences. Hmm. We have entire fields, so much data on this now, wow. but the average person doesn't know because they're they're just trying to feel good. And so the liver king is going to come along. You know, it looks like you know idealistically, yeah. you know, a young guy mm -hmm. with obesity skyrocketing, in particular, an adolescent, yeah. young men. And they see that and it's like, oh yeah, like There's I want to do what that guy's doing, mm. you know? And that's, mm. we do want to model mm -hmm. 
health. But what I would implore people to do is to listen to your inner guidance system, wow. most importantly. And for most of us, because we're so externally based and we're just inundated with all this stuff on social media, we have such a just swipe culture, next, 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 next. Yeah. We don't allow ourselves to think and mm -hmm. to go within and to listen to these, th this inner information, this inner guidance system mm. that's screaming at you like, hey, this guy's lying. We all know if something, like there's an inherent thing to know, like something's off here, mm. right? And so not to say that th this person's bad or that, you know, anybody who is saying something you disagree with is bad. Mm. It's not about that. It's not about labeling that. Mm. It's about what feels good and feels right for you right mm. now. Mm. And giving yourself permission to change as things change. Mm. Absolutely, look for models, but most importantly, you are the most important voice in your choices. Mm. And no one else is like you. That program that worked for them mm -hmm. is probably gonna be slightly different from you, long-term. In the short term, we can get a lot of results just yeah. by trying something different. Yeah. Because the human body is always looking to acclimate, to find homeostasis. Mm -hmm. So when you throw a new thing in there, mm -hmm. you're gonna see results. Mm -hmm. You know, and so stay open to that. Keep yourself open to a diversity of inputs and communities and teachers mm. and all the things. Mm. Try not to be dogmatic. Yeah. Try not to vilify people who are doing something different than you yeah. so we can all have healthier conversations. Yeah. yeah, that vilification happens a lot. I like that. It's, it's listening to the the wisdom of the ancients and the wisdom of of yourself, the, the gut, the gut feeling, the, the go with your gut. I think it's super important and in order to to do that, we got to be putting good things into our gut to build that healthy microbiome system, so we make better decisions. Sean, in the time that we have, which is a, which is a few minutes, I wanted to ask you um, about supplements. Um, the supplement industry is a forty billion dollar industry. Some people say that supplements are great. Supplements can you know change your life. Others people you know I've I've read I've been to physicians who say supplements don't even worry about them. What do you think about supplements? Are we just, are we taking supplements, just creating expensive pee or do supplements really have an impact on our health? Just listen to the name of it. It's supplement. It's a supplemental thing. It's an add on. It's an addition. It's a compliment. The foundational focus for us as a species needs to be real food mm. where oftentimes su supplements are derived in some form or fashion from earth, even in synthetic forms. We talked a little bit earlier about synthetic vitamin C yeah. being so, it's one of the biggest selling things in its standalone form, but also yeah. in multivitamins. Yeah. And that synthetic form of it is derived, the vast majority of it from genetically modified corn starch wow. and corn syrup. Mm. Does that speak health? You know, mm. these are all like terms no. that should put up a red flag. Yeah. You know, and so it's matching up, again, looking through the lens of biochemistry, which we have this thing, you know, there's, there was this moniker, better living through science. Mm. And my, it's not an argument, but my turn towards reality is that everything is science. Yeah. It's not better, it's not better, we were science before, you <laughs> know, when people were, you know, hunting and foraging mm. and all that, this is all science too, mm. you know, but because it's the lab, uh, this is science, yeah. you know, yeah. and so, when we can identify, like I mentioned earlier, a gas chromatograph, mm. right? So this was an invention where scientists found out, okay, these flavors that we experience when we eat certain foods, that's all chemistry. It's just a certain formula, it's a certain equation, it's, certain, uh, it's a certain outline of certain compounds and molecules. And we can take that, we can extract that combination, mm. that, that, that basically 
we'll call it um we'll call it a little a sentence we'll call it a sentence or a string of information mm. so we we have a strawberry and we found out the formula that gives strawberry this particular notes yeah we could take that formula now and we can add that to cereal <laughs> we could take that formula we can add it to soda now we don't just have soda water we have strawberry soda now here's the thing it's not going to taste exactly like it mm -hmm. right but it's just enough to muddy up the waters, right? <laughs> to give you a sensation like, oh, this is an orange soda. This is an orange this, this is orange that. No orange necessary hmm. because we crack the code on flavors, right? Hmm. And so, but here's the problem. We evolved with this really intelligent system of biological feedback. So historically, when we would consume a flavor, it came along with certain nutrients, Yep. Yep. right? So it's post-ingestive feedback is the term for hmm. it. And so now we are consuming a thing with a certain flavor cascade that's no longer coming along with those nutrients. It's going to create inherent biological confusion. Mm -hmm. And so now when you're getting a craving for a certain thing, what would naturally drive you to go and eat certain, this certain thing to give your body the magnesium it needs, the zinc, the, you know, the copper or whatever it is, mm -hmm. we, you know, pop in again, uh, diet soda and a, a sandwich, wow. right? And so we're getting the sensation of having something in our system, mm -hmm. but we're going to continue to be hungry mm -hmm. and have cravings because we're not actually giving our bodies what it's asking for, mm -hmm. what it's screaming for, right? Because of all of this flavor confusion. To put all of this together in, in a nutshell, our bodies are immaculately intelligent. Our, our ability to relate and interact with food and with mm -hmm. nature is so profound, so powerful. But when we're adding in all of these newly invented things it could throw off the system yeah. Yeah. And so to answer the question on supplements after we check the box having a diet yep. that's foundational on real food yep. there is going to be a dramatically less <laughs> need mm. to buy a 50 dollars supplement or whatever gotcha. the case might be gotcha. all right so with that said there is absolutely a place we again we can look at yeah. quote better living through science and mm -hmm. chemistry and do some things that can have high leverage. For example, having a concentration of omega-3 fatty acids, yep. which this is in the top five nutrient deficiencies in our society. Hmm. And some data that was using fMRIs, and I talked about this in Eat Smarter as well. The scientists used fMRIs to look at humans' brains, mm -hmm. and they found that people who had the lowest intake of omega-3 fatty acids had the, had the highest rate of brain shrinkage. Mm. The brain volume, they were losing volume of their brain. And it was four grams a day. Today, it's not necessarily going to be an easy go for people to get in four grams of DHA. In particular, it was DHA. Mm. And so having a supplement can help in that process. Mm. It, and here's the key. The key words, real food-based or whole food-based supplements, mm. right? So this isn't synthetic. Mm. This is from a real food, and it's in a concentrated form. Mm. You know, mm. the same thing holds true for vitamin C. Mm. We can have concentrates of quote, superfoods like yep. camu camu berry, amla yep. berry, acerola cherry, that have not just the vitamin C content. By the way, Dr. Duke, who worked for the USDA, he mm -hmm. became like an obsessed and an expert in botanicals okay. because he saw some of the data that he, the, the popular kind of government institutions were pushing into culture was mm -hmm. not, we were seeing more sickness. It's just like mm -hmm. something's not working here. Mm -hmm. And he found that camu camu berry, he was really one of the pioneers of this, is it has about 700% of your RDA vitamin C and just like uh, half of a teaspoon. No way. Like just a tiny amount. Wow. This is 
blows away most other things, wow. right? But it also has all of the other cofactors, you know, these kind of biopotentiators that actually allow your cells to recognize it mm. versus this blunt instrument yeah. in the form of vitamin C, mm. synthetic vitamin C that, mm. as I shared with you earlier, we have peer-reviewed data, mm-hmm. prestigious medical journals showing two and a half times higher incidence of developing kidney stones wow. by consuming synthetic vitamin C. Wow. Supplements can supplement an already real food or healthy mm. nutrition protocol, mm. use whole food-based supplements, yeah. and you'll have a great combination. What do you take? What supplements do you take? I listen to my body. It's the okay. ultimate thing, ah, okay. and this is tough. I listen to my body, but also I also go on my life experiences, mm. right? So if I know, for example, I've been doing a lot of things that maybe my body has a little bit more inflammation, yeah. I've got a turmeric okay. supplement, right? Okay. It's a concentration. Huh. It's a it's a whole food, organic version of turmeric, yeah. concentrated, has the curcumin, all these things that are, mm. again, studied, t- t- so many studies now yeah. on its anti-inflammatory capacity, yeah. but it's also anti-cancer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's an anti, anti-angiogenesis one of the few foods discovered that can cut off the blood supply to cancer cells. Wow. So that is way different than this blunt instrument, wow. right? Hmm. Of something taken an inset mm. or, you know, some anti-inflammatory thing, mm. right? So I'm getting the anti-inflammatory thing plus mm. all this other great stuff, <laughs> right? Because wow. it's a real whole food. So huh. occasionally I'll do that. But you listen to your body. You don't do this stuff religiously. Like you don't have a stack of magnesium at, you know, before sleep or when you wake up, you don't take like a D or K2 or you just... No. Listen to your body. You're tuned in to how you feel physically, emotionally, mentally. And then you you have a, a pharmacy. Yes, at that your house. part. And also begin paying attention to what's going on in my life. Mm. For example, like maybe if I'm traveling, for example, mm. I'll, I'll up the whole food forms of vitamin C. Okay. Right. So okay. camu, camu berry, amla berry. But these are, con- you can get supplements that are concentrates of these mm. things. Interesting. Um, I am a fan of supplementing DHA. Okay. And EPA, omega threes for most people. Mm. Uh, magnesium is the number one mineral deficiency in our society today. Yeah. About fifty six percent of Americans are chronically deficient in magnesium. Mm. Magnesium is responsible for over six hundred biochemical processes <sighs> that wow. we are aware of. About six hundred twenty five. Wow. So this means your body can't do certain things without mm. it, hmm. or can't do them efficiently. Mm. You know, a lot of them have to do with the parasympathetic nervous system, mm. relaxation, muscle function, cognitive function. But you can also get magnesium, and magnesium, by the way, is a salt. There's, there's different salt. We just think of sodium as a salt. There's mm. magnesium salt, there's mm. calcium salt. These are under the guise of these electrolytes. Yep. That's another thing that we can supplement today. Mm. But the supplementation can be as easy as a high quality salt or yep. when you are supplementing electrolytes, mm-hmm. make it sure if you can, that they're coming from an ethical place, mm-hmm. right? So they're earth grown, naturally mm. derived mm. combinations of electrolytes. Electrolytes are essentially minerals that carry an electric charge. Okay. So they enable your cells to have signal transduction to talk. See, so that's important. why I love you, man, because you just break it down. I never heard that. Like, <laughs> I know electrolyte, potassium, magnesium, sodium, but it carries an electrical charge. Of course. Yeah. That's so beautiful. Yeah. It's, it's, it's so <laughs> remarkable. And again, all of this stuff is, is occurring in nature and we keep trying to trump the system and find a way to like do something better. Mm. And we get into that place where people are going and getting this hot supplement mm. and missing out on the 99% of what gets you results <laughs> and trying to lean onto this one thing. Sure. That's the problem, you know? So it's not a problem. The one thing, you know, this 1% isn't a problem. Mm. But if you have that 1%, like Mm. that gives you that extra, that tiny little bit of edge Mm. versus, you know, most people are becoming reliant on those things just to get by, Yeah, you know? And so, 
Yeah, that's it's 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 really simple when it boils down to it with our mm. uses of supplements, you know, look for earth grown nutrients, concentrations okay. of whole foods. But we've got to really shift our focus to getting a lot of these quote supplemental nutrition mm. nutrients from real food. Awesome. Love it. Um, all right, let's have a little rapid fire thing. That's first question. Three foods we should not be eating. Uh, McDonald's French fries. <laughs> I don't want to actually, let me not throw labels out because I was going to, but I'm going to throw this one out since I was going to say Intamin's, mm. you know, uh, pastries. Oh, I used to eat those a lot. Man, I would go to the outlet. You remember the Hostess outlet was in St. Louis? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, so I go there, man. Um, but I'm just, in particular, all of this concentrated, you know, sugar and mm. refined starch and also all the preservatives and then mm. things like that. I'm not a guy who's like, don't ever do. Even as yeah. I said, the McDonald's thing, like, if you're in a bind, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So be it, it's, but yeah. and I don't want you to place a, a feeling of guilt. But it, they're they're very very unhealthy. Yeah. Uh, the last one would, would be this is very difficult. <laughs> and I'm just certain <laughs> foods, pop tarts. All right, so McDonald's ah, fries, okay, yeah, uh, Intamin's and pop tarts. Okay, all right, <laughs> <laughs> that'll work. Three kind of biohacks that feel illegal to know. Getting sunlight in the morning. Mm. Just getting outside, even in a, on a overcast day, just getting outside. Mm. I do this every day. I've been doing it for, I don't even know how long. Hmm. I'll just get outside and go for a 10 minute walk every morning. Wow. Without fail, even when it's raining. Mm. Um, I mean, every, let's say 365 days, yeah. I'll do a 360. Okay, okay. Right? Every yeah. now and then I'll just get on like a vibration plate, but yeah. it's still outside. I'll do something. Gotcha. Outside with right? the sun. And so it's, you don't have to, you know, I'm not talking about staring into the sun. Yeah, I'm yeah. just talking about the ambient light, those okay. biophotons help to sync up this chronobiology, mm. right? So these clocks within every cell in our bodies, I remember in school hearing the term circadian rhythms and it sounded like a horoscope or something mm -hmm. like what? <laughs> but today we know that these circadian clocks mm. are functional genes. These are genes and proteins. Mm in every cell in our body and they're constantly trying to sync up with our environment, mm. right? So that would be number one. Uh, number two would be play. Mm, big one. Mm. Playing more. I just, my, my youngest son just had a basketball game. Mm. It's his first season playing. And you know, him, him and his team, I mean, they, they went off. They were, they were doing their thing. It was, it was really cool to see. After the game was over, all the pre the parents dispersed, except a few kind of hung out, we'll just say like four parents. Mm. I was the only one hooping with the kids afterwards. Mm. We were having a good time. Mm. You know, I was giving these kids an opportunity to like challenge themselves after they just spanked these kids, you know, like mm. play me, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, And so, but also giving them the encouragement, all this mm. stuff. And so awesome. I, I don't think about that stuff often, but I just thought about it because you brought it up like where's an example mm. where I'm playing yeah. with the kids yeah. and doing what would be considered the, you know kid stuff mm. or making myself look a certain yeah. way yeah and so we have a culture of this and you know this with my family you know we're always you know just having fun and I've, yeah. I'm grateful that I've instilled it in my in my family mm. there's and as far as the the longevity benefits mm -hmm. the benefits with our cardiovascular system uh, one of the things in particular, I just shared, or oh, it's actually coming out this week, and I don't know when this is coming out, but I did a masterclass on the impact that love has on our health. Wow, beautiful. And so I had this conversation with Dr. Robert Waldinger uh -huh. out of Harvard, and he had the longest running longitudinal study on human longevity, and he shared with me the number one thing, taking in all the confounding factors possible, 
diet, exercise. This is the Grant study or something different? This is this is the essentially human longevity study. Okay. Right? It's been 85 years. And a Harvard Grant study, some, maybe it's another one, parallel. They combined two studies together, so maybe okay. they, it might be a part of it. Mm -hmm. But the number one marker for longevity was relationships. Okay. All right, the number one thing, and he, he's like his fellow colleagues, like we didn't want to believe it, like it doesn't make sense. But then he's like, it did make sense because it's a stress reliever, right? and all of the chemistry that comes when you have warm relationships. Yeah. And I'm telling you, there are a few ways better to connect with people than through play. Mm. And you learn a lot about people too. You learn a lot about their personalities. Mm. And I saw that with the kids. Like I knew who the tough kid was, the resilient, <laughs> the most resilient kid. Mm. I, I knew who he was. Mm. I knew who the kid who was building confidence, mm. but still uncertain, mm. right? And I knew the kid who was a scrapper who is willing to do whatever it takes, hmm. even though it hasn't played out in their life yet, I could wow. already kind of see those things. Wow. And I could speak to that personality. Hmm. Yeah, you if know? you look in the animal kingdom, even adult animals, they play. Yeah. They love to play. We, we're just so, as, as adults, human adults, we're just so uptight. And um, we say it, stop playing. <laughs> <laughs> Grow up, you know? Wow. Um, so that would be the other one. And also, again, just the, the biochemistry, testosterone is going to go up. Mm. This is important for men and women. And this is another thing, a break a paradigm here. Mm. Unfortunately, a lot of people have not been privy to this information. But if we're talking about the amount, the sheer amount of biochemistry or hormones in women, testosterone is the most dominant. Mm. There's Women have more testosterone than any other circulating hormones. Wow. Okay. Right. So. Do they have more estrogen than men? Yes. Do men have more estrogen than, uh, than, than more testosterone than women? Yes. Huh. But testosterone is important for all of us. <laughs> all right. So testosterone, oxytocin goes mm. up, right? This bonding hormone, mm. right? This is tied to longevity as well. It has relaxation and anti-inflammatory qualities as well. The list goes on and on. So wow. play would be the second biohack. Beautiful. Third one, this did turn into this was not rapid fire. <laughs> Third one would be, I'll just tell you, man, yeah. for real. Sleep. I was gonna say. I was like, he does say sleep. It's yeah. the most powerful of <laughs> yeah. any yeah. of any type of intervention. Mm. There's nothing more powerful than sleep. Wow. There's nothing that. There's no supplement. There's wow. no lifestyle factor. There's no biohack. There's nothing that can outperform high quality sleep. You get so much from it. When I talked about testosterone, there was this recent study that was done, and it utilized uh, young men, young healthy men, mm. and they sleep deprived them for you know just about a week and they get had them to get like we'll just say it was under six hours of sleep mm -hmm. and in that study period their testosterone dropped by 10 to 15 percent now that it might not sound like a lot but what it was equivalent to was as if they were suddenly 20 to 30 years older wow all right wow. testosterone directly it's like a charging station hmm. when you go to sleep hmm. It's like your Tesla getting connected, charging up your testosterone. There is a direct wow. connection. And as you're up during the day, testosterone is just going down. Mm. Except we could do stuff to have little spurts of mm. it, but nothing compares to sleep for your immune system, the immunomodulation, your cognitive ability. Man, like I can go on and on and on. Mm. You know, it is the ultimate. Mm. And if we respected that and understood that as a culture, mm. put more value mm. around that, we would be living much more vibrant, healthy, wow. enjoyable lives mm. in our waking hours. Wow, beautiful. I would say sleep your way to success. Facts. That's the way to do it. Quick game. This game is uh, called Best Ever. Um, what's the best advice you ever got? 
I would have to say the thing that consciously changed my life the most was my mother-in-law when she said that if she could give the world one thing, it would be meditation. Mm. And at the time I didn't understand it. I thought she was crazy. I, I hadn't meditated before. Wow. And so I, I was like, I literally thought when she said, if I can give the world one thing, mm. it would be meditation. I mm. thought mentally, I didn't say it, but I was like, give me a million dollars. Like, mm. what are you talking about? If you want to give the world something, give them some, give mm. them some money. Mm. And I was just so ignorant and I didn't know what I was in store for, you mm. know, I really, the reason I'm here with you today is because of her, man. Wow. Like she was a part of this, this process. Wow. I got introduced to myself mm. through meditation. Mm. And so that was the first domino when she said this outlandish thing to yep. me, wow. you know, but it made me curious. Wow. And her being a, a teacher, you know, somebody who'd been meditating for decades and also teaching and um, connecting my science brain to like these benefits, mm. There was so much that I couldn't explain with words that I that I was that I got access to. Mm. So that's what it would be. Best investment you ever made. My relationship with my wife, by far, it's not even close. Not even close. Best book you ever read. Oh man, what phase of life? So that's just this is so tough. I'll tell you the two. Can I tell you two that's popped yeah. up for me? Yeah. Power versus Force, uh, by Doctor Hawkins. Yeah, David Hawkins. Yeah. And. Everyday Enlightenment by Dan Millman. It brought more practicality to my, you know, what will be put under the umbrella of a spiritual practice. Mm, mm, beautiful. When was the best time in your life? Now. Mm. Best quote you ever heard? I'm gonna paraphrase because there's a many different versions of this, but it's from Einstein. He said that the most fundamental decision that we make, the most important decision that we make as a human being is the decision of whether we live in a friendly or hostile universe. I grew up seeing the, through the lens of hostility, mm. you know, and I realized that I have a choice. Wow. And it, I started to see things differently and having that quote is something that I kind of refer back to, especially with all the vitriol, the stuff mm. that can be happening in the world. Mm. We can become dogmatic, we can become complacent, yeah. we can become argumentative, but it's coming back to a choice that I get to make of whether I live in a friendly or hostile universe mm. and having a feeling and a deep seated belief that the world life is for me, mm. you know, and not against me. Mm. And I get to choose yeah. because there's evidence of both <laughs> at all times, you know mm. what I mean? But making that decision of whether we live in a friendly or hostile universe, that's, that would be it. It's beautiful. Um, what's your best health practice? Would it be sleep, prioritize a sleep? Or? Absolutely. Yeah, it's, that's the number it's, one. It's, it's the number one. <laughs> it's the number one. And a final question. It's a question I ask all the guests, and I think I know your answer, but I'm not sure. But uh, if you could wave a magic wand at the world, and when you wake up tomorrow, whatever your wish was would be granted, and the world would be changed in just that manner that you wanted it to be changed in, what would it be? Oh man, this is tough because I, I'm gonna preface this by saying that I don't think that we have the right, you know what I mean? Like we're robbing the process, you know? So what is, is, is beautiful. Mm. And if there was one thing, it would be, it would be for all of us to recognize our own unique gifts. Mm. That would be mm. what I would, if I could wave a wand, it would be that. Mm. So we would have so much more self-value and appreciation so much less, you know, um, comparison, 
and jealousy and envy, dissonance, if we could within ourselves recognize our own unique gifts and talents and capacities and couple that with being able to see that in other people and appreciate it mm. in other people, mm. I think we would heal so much. Beautiful wish. Wow. Sean, thank you so much for coming on Sauna Sessions. It was good to, to sweat and to have these beautiful conversations with you. You really, you dropped a lot of, a lot of jewels on us today. I appreciate it, hey, man. My pleasure, man. My pleasure. Thank you so very much for tuning into the show today. I hope you got a lot of value out of this. Again, this is a very special episode where we are partnering with the brand new show, Sauna Sessions, from my friend Prince E. Go and check them out on your favorite podcast platform. Subscribe to the show. There's so much more good stuff there. And if you enjoy these insights and you think it can be valuable to a friend or family member or somebody that you care about, please share this episode with them. Spread the goodness. Spread the empowerment. Let's make wellness go viral. I appreciate you so much for tuning in. We've got some epic masterclasses, some world-class guests coming for you very, very soon. So make sure to stay tuned. Take care. Have an amazing day. And I'll talk with you soon. And for more after the show, make sure to head over to themodelhealthshow.com. That's where you can find all of the show notes. You can find transcriptions, videos for each episode. And if you got a comment, you can leave me a comment there as well. And please make sure to head over to iTunes and leave us a rating to let everybody know that the show is awesome. And I appreciate that so much. And take care. I promise to keep giving you more powerful, empowering, great content to help you transform your life. Thanks for tuning in.